Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. This is something that I really want to talk about to be sure that everyone is cautious and stays level-headed at all times. For context... I live in the middle of nowhere in Canada. It was an old town that had quite a few abandoned buildings due to absence of residents. Me and my friends, we were tired of the lack of entertainment options for us, so what we did was explore these abandoned buildings. Prior to the experience that I'm about to talk about, we never had anything too crazy happen to us. I mean, occasionally we'd see a small bit of blood like liquid and we'd see pentagrams on the ground from time to time from someone who went to a house previously, but nothing too bad. That is, until the last time that I'd gone exploring abandoned buildings. When I was younger, I used to go to a daycare that was part of a mental hospital. Weird combination, I know, but it was closed down due to a lack of patients and lack of children at the daycare. I decided to go back there with my friends a few years ago. I was 15 when this happened and most of my friends were the same age. When we got there, it was a rather cliche I guess. There was fog, it was rather dark and there was a light drizzle of rain too. We went to the main gate which was padlocked shut. We decided to help each other hop over it and we made a ton of noise. We were laughing and giggling the whole time unsuspecting of what was about to happen. We looked around the small play or place park with flashlights that we had on our person. Even with our somewhat powerful flashlights, our visibility was rather limited, but we decided to enter the decaying building. Glass and dirt crunched under our feet as we stepped into the daycare section of the complex. There were still old Legos, wood chips from previous furniture, old torn dolls and toys strewn about. But the further that we walked around the daycare section, we naturally became more and more silent until all we could hear was the crunch of dirt under our feet. I found some crayons in a plastic container in the corner of the room. I walked over to pick them up when all of a sudden we heard a a loud crash coming from behind a metal door leading to the psych ward part of the building. My friends and I sort of all looked at each other 
As a whole, we were a group of five. Most of them were bold and cocky, but we all looked at each other when my friend Brian suggested that we go and look to see where the sound came from. Personally, I was not too fond of the idea, but there was no way anyone was going to decline such a thing. We all stacked up on the door and opened it. It was rusted to the floor and we sort of heaved to get it open. As we walked in, the metallic smells and must became really strong. But there was a hint of something else which I just couldn't put my finger on at that moment. We walked in with our flashlights pointed in every direction, with Brian leading the group. The hallways were tight and to the left and the right were the occasional metal doorway, some of the doors open. I felt slightly claustrophobic too and it felt a little hard to breathe at some points. As we continued, Brian shone his flashlight into a room and suddenly recoiled. We all stopped walking as Brian slowly entered the room. What is it? I asked. I thought I saw someone here. It seems all fine now though. To be honest, I thought that he was just messing with us to increase our anxiety. But looking back, I think that he was completely honest. He backed out of the room and we continued walking deeper into the psych ward when another friend swiftly told us to stop. We came to a halt and all listened. In the distance, ahead of us, we heard the subtle pitter-patter of footsteps echo through the hallway. We all looked at each other, fear in each of our eyes. Brian continued walking toward the sounds. We considered turning back for a second without Brian, wondering if some ghost or something or someone was in the building. But we couldn't do that to him and the closer that we got, the more that I felt like I was being watched. When finally we entered a room on the right which had the smell of what I can only describe as just rotting meat. And in front of us was a dead deer. Its innards were spilled all over the floor, staining the concrete. A friend of mine had a very weak stomach and vomited all over the floor. And that's when we heard whispers from somewhere. Brian quickly shot around and shone his flashlight to the corner of the room. Where? There was a man with short hair standing with his head down. He had a bright green t-shirt stained with what I assumed was blood, and torn beige pants. He didn't have any socks and his feet seemed sort of damaged. He was sort of twitching sporadically too and continued to mumble, even after we saw him. We stared at him for a solid 30 seconds before he made his first true movement. He looked up at us with what I will never forget, a haunting grin that just sent shivers immediately down my spine. And he said... You guys here for the feast? This kicked us over the edge, and we immediately bolted out of that room all the way back down to the daycare center. The door, thank God, was still open, and we decided to try and slam it shut behind us, but the rust and the pure weight of the door almost kept it open. It took three of us pulling with all of our might to close it, but we eventually got it there. And just before we did, I could still see the silhouette of the man watching us, his white teeth being the only other human feature that I could see in the dark from that distance. As we sat behind the metal door catching our breath for a second, all looking at each other for confirmation that we all just saw the same thing, after a little bit of labored breathing from each of us, we heard a, a light tapping on the door. It was at that point that 
We decided it was well and truly time to leave. We booked it out of the vicinity completely and we pretty much just ran the whole way home. Police went back to do a routine search of the area and they actually found the man. It was stated that this guy used to go to the psych ward before it was closed down. He escaped the facility he was transferred to and lived off of the wildlife around the complex. When the cops brought him in, he had a series of diseases and sicknesses from eating raw meat apparently and his mental condition was much worse than before. There were rumors that he did kill someone in the forest while searching for food but nothing has ever been confirmed. But apparently people have gone missing there or something. But anyway, in the end guys, just be careful, especially in dangerous areas such as abandoned buildings. Be smarter than we were, especially in dangerous areas such as abandoned buildings. So for this, I'm going to refer to my friends as bridemaid of honor and niece because this was a bachelorette trip. It will be a year in March when my friends and I went to Chattanooga, TN, to celebrate my childhood best friend's marriage. It was a beautiful house on the Tennessee River, very private and peaceful atmosphere. It was on a nature trail, so it felt very isolated, though it was close enough to the city for us to go out and have some fun too. Anyway, we all had a great time in the city, then came back and started a fire in the fire pit. We hung out until we got tired and eventually we went to bed. We all decided to bunk in the same room that had three double bunks and one full bed. It was a large room and we thought that we could all watch a movie together in there but ended up all deciding that we needed sleep to drive back the next day. As my friends are used to falling asleep early, I'm not so I was still wide awake as they were sleeping. I got my phone and I started scrolling. I, I know it's a bad habit but I had really no other options of reading a book or anything. As I'm laying there, I just get this feeling all of a sudden, and it's not a good one. I have had one paranormal experience before this, and it didn't make me feel scared. I just felt a bit confused, I guess, but this was different. I felt my hair stand up like that feeling of something with ill intent was near me. I look up at the other bunks, my friends look fine, so I continue scrolling, and then I get the feeling again, and... I look up and this time I look towards the full-size bed where the bride and her little niece who tagged along were and I see a, a dark figure, head bent down, looking down at the niece. And my heart stopped. I couldn't move. I kept thinking to myself that it's just a shadow from the stairway light coming in the room, surely. I look down at my phone and eventually I get the courage to move my thumbs to text my boyfriend how scared I was which didn't help considering that he's not a believer in anything of that nature, so he just says that you're just seeing things. But after this, I look up and the figure is gone, which didn't make me feel any better, only worse because it only confirmed that what I saw was in fact a shadow from something and not a light in the stairway or anything. So I jumped up from my bunk and bolted up the stairs and crashed on the couch and... I just felt like a small kid who just watched a horror movie. I also kept hearing what sounded like creaking from the stairs. I thought of the old phrase, it's just the house settling, to try and calm myself. Then I called my boyfriend and 
He talked me down and I thought that he was probably right, but I was still shaken up. Eventually, I fell asleep at around four in the morning when the creaking stopped, but woke up at around six and I got the courage to go downstairs to get into my bag for clothes and a few minutes after, the maid of honor comes up and she looks confused and kind of freaked out and then says, hey, did the bride come up here at all? I said, when? Because I only slept two hours and I've been up since like six o'clock. She then says, well, I mean, about that time, I, I could have sworn that I saw her up and go up the stairs. I said, uh, no, I don't think she came up here. She says, well, I know I saw someone go up the stairs. Her face was white with fear and I said, did you check the bed? She then goes back down and looks and says in confusion, she's in bed. And so I just stood in confusion and said, well, what time did you say you saw her again? And she said that, well, only a couple of minutes ago, it's just 6.05. And I said, maybe you just heard me. I mean, I've been up here since last night. And she goes, well, I thought that I saw someone standing between their suitcases and the bed over her niece. That was when my heart dropped and she knew that I hadn't been there. And I didn't have to say anything at all. My face said it. She knew that I saw it too. And needless to say, we were happy to get out and not investigate. I did feel guilty that I didn't stay downstairs with them to make sure that they were okay after she confirmed what I saw. However, I was convinced that it was just my anxiety and my boyfriend being very skeptical made me think maybe I was just reacting, but the look on my friend's face of pure confusion and fear, it confirmed it for me. I don't know if it's related, but a few months later, I learned one of the supposed most haunted places in Tennessee, Hales Bar, is located just two miles on the river from this location. Also, there was this really old cabin from the 1800s and they had decorated it for looks on the property and it definitely had some weird vibes to it. It didn't help too that they had these old pictures inside of it of the owners. I, I wish I'd remembered the name so I could see if they had any correlation to the Hales Bar Marina or something but in any case I won't be going back there anytime soon that's for sure. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When I was in high school, I took a glass blowing course at a remote craft school called Snow Farm. It was located on the foothills of the Berkshire Mountains. 
It was a two-week course and our instructor was this guy in his early to mid-40s who was really nice and actually quite ripped as well, but also very friendly. He wore glasses and a tank top to class every day, which revealed these thick scars on the back of his neck and shoulder, as well as a fully tattooed back. The most interesting thing about his appearance, however, was this sort of, I don't know, like supervillain-esque scar running from the top of his forehead, down across his right eye, and ending at the bottom of his cheek. As the class got more friendly with him, a few fellow classmates and I asked him what his back piece looked like. He took off his shirt and revealed a vibrantly colorful tattoo of a dragon holding a box cutter. When we asked him about the significance of the box cutter, he told us an incredible story that I honestly wouldn't have believed had he not had the scars to prove it. He began by telling us that he was an amateur boxer for many years and was quite familiar with fighting. One day he was approached by a crackhead that started screaming at him and trying to fight. The crackhead was apparently trying to rob him. Our instructor at the time punched the crackhead and knocked him unconscious. He explained to us though that when someone is under the influence of crack cocaine, meth or other intense stimulants, they develop almost superhuman abilities. I have heard stories like this since that corroborate this and after knocking him out, he got right back up and kept at it. He knocked him out a third time and this time the crackhead pulled out a box cutter and started slashing at our instructor's face, arms and back. I'm not sure if the crackhead first attacked him from behind or maybe as he was walking away or something because the scars on his back of his neck made it seem like he was sliced by surprise but he knocked the crackhead out again, this time grabbing the box cutter and stabbing him over and over in the chest with it. He took off his shirt and tied it around his head to prevent the bleeding and he told us that every time his heart would beat, blood would spurt out from his head and he then hopped on his bike and rode 20 minutes to the nearest hospital. This story truly sounds like it's out of a movie but our instructor later explained to me privately that he too was smoking and selling crack at the time. The fight was the result of a crackhead trying to steal his crack apparently and I asked him if he thinks that he killed the guy and he said that he had no idea because he left immediately afterwards. I got to thinking about how deep of a blade one would need to pierce internal organs. I'm not really sure, but regardless, I thought that it was the most valid story behind a tattoo that I had ever heard. He's been clean for years and he even has a wife and kids now apparently and him and his wife are quite successful in the glassblowing or metalworking industry. So, to protect my client, I'll be calling her Mrs. Spooky because I'm too lazy to come up with a better name. But I, a 21-year-old female, started this job being an at-home healthcare worker back in September. The job at first was your pretty average job. All I basically had to do was to make sure my client was well taken care for and make sure that she had someone to talk to. Everything was very normal up until I started picking up more shifts at night I'm a college student. And one morning I was getting my client's medication ready when her grandson, who lives with her, is about to walk out to go to work. Because he kept knocking over this can of Febreze, he then put the can of Febreze in between the couch cushions so it couldn't move. Ten minutes after he leaves, the can of Febreze jumps out of the couch cushions, does a flip, and lands straight upwards. 
I freak out for a second, but then I play it off and tell myself that there's a reasonable explanation. But it keeps continuing. Frames falling off of walls, people talking in the kitchen and hallway when nobody is home but me and my client, things being thrown at me even, the figure of a face smeared against the kitchen window, and even shadow people at times. But last night was definitely the worst of it. You see, I got there early yesterday because my client had a food package waiting to be put in the fridge. My client greets me with a smile and I make her some mac and cheese after I put the food up. My client dropped her fork and asked me to wash it, so I did. While cleaning off the fork, I hear a can fall behind me, so I go to pick it up. And the scrub brush from the sink goes flying at me. Obviously, I'm spooked by that, but it's not the first time that this has happened, so I go back to hanging out with Mrs. Spooky. Things are pretty back to normal until I hear more things start to fall in the kitchen. I think to myself, maybe a, a cat snuck in again. So I go and turn on the kitchen light, but the light bulb bursts and the house goes from a good 94, my client gets cold easy, to a cool 60-ish degrees. At this point, I'm hoping that there was just a weird power surge that has just turned everything off. But I rush back to my client. Everything is fine. No power outages and it's still pretty hot in the living room. But then a shadow moves in the kitchen and this time my client jumps back. Luckily, her grandson pulled up right after this and even he was pretty spooked when I told him what had just happened. But... That was one of the first times that I've ever seen her react like that and that to me gave me confirmation that I'm not going crazy and that there's something in here. Maybe it's a, a ghost or a demon or maybe someone has been in the house without anyone knowing it. All I know is that I'm absolutely terrified of going back to work there and I really don't know what to do. When I was a kid, my mum and I lived with my grandparents in their three-story house. It had a basement, a ground floor, and a second floor. And to give some context, there was a living room directly in front of the stairs, leading upstairs so that you could see my mum's room on the left, which is important for later, and my grandparents' room on the right. My room was further down the second-story hall, but I spent a lot of time alone and with my uncle in the basement. For more context too, the basement was a huge rectangle with one room directly to the left of the stairs, my uncle's room, and one room in the far back left corner, storage room, also important for later. And so with the context out of the way, here's the actual story. So this all happened when I was 8 or 9. I can't remember exactly, but it was around when Halo 3 came out. The first time it happened, it was honestly the worst. I was home sick from school. In reality, I just wanted to play Halo, but everyone in the house worked, so I was alone and my uncle was at school. The only Xbox in the house was in the basement, so naturally, when everybody left, I got up and went to go and play Halo. I'm down there for a few hours playing games happily, and all of a sudden, the storage room that I mentioned earlier creaks open ever so slightly. Not completely, but just enough to see a, a slit of darkness and plain as day. I hear my mum call me from what sounded like the furthest corner of the storage room, saying that she needed help putting something away. 
My mum wasn't home at the time and I knew this, but I didn't turn anything off and I just bolted upstairs and laid on the couch until my uncle got home from school. He asked why I left the Xbox on and he thought that I was sick and laughed at me and I just laughed back and said, my bad, won't happen again. The only other time this happened was actually during a family dinner that we had cousins and pretty much our entire family over for a holiday. My cousins and I were playing with Nerf guns in the living room and they got hungry at one point and went to get some more food so I sat by myself in the living room reloading my magazines with darts when something caught my eye upstairs. Same year as the last encounter mind you, I'm still 8 or 9 in this scenario. It was my mum's room door and it had opened and because it was like 8pm it was dark upstairs and because no one was up there so there were no lights on but my mum had walked out from the darkness and kind of waved me over to her with a weird smile on her face. I yelled to her, why? And she just kept waving me over, not saying a word. But I clearly saw my mum, so I didn't question her again and started walking over. But as I got to the start of the stairs, I looked to my right and I saw my mum talking with my aunt at the dinner table. So... I walked over there and asked her what she wanted and if she'd been upstairs and she said no. I immediately went back to the living room, looked up the stairs and her door was closed again. Nothing like that ever happened again after that but it still gives me the chills when I think about it. When I was a kid, my little sister and I were visiting my dad, my older brother and sister that lived with him, his new wife and her kids, two girls and a boy, in a small country town in southern western Australia called Manjimup. There was only three bedrooms in the house, two at the front of the house and one at the back. My dad and his wife were in one of the front rooms and my brother and stepbrother were in the other which left the last room at the very back of the house away from the others for us five girls. This first night that we were there, it was a very hot summer's night and the house didn't have any air conditioning so being too hot to sleep we were just sitting in our beds just talking and catching up since it had been a few months since we had seen each other. We had opened the bedroom window to catch the small breeze that was blowing in the hopes of cooling the room down a little bit so that we could eventually sleep somewhat comfortably. We were all chatting away and giggling around one in the morning and the rest of the household seemed to be sound asleep when suddenly my big sister Sandy told us to all be quiet and listen. When we did, we all heard what I can only describe as a, a very loud rubber band being snapped over and over again. It sounded like it was on a, I don't know, like a loudspeaker as well. And what was even weirder was all the other night sounds that had stopped and the breeze was gone too. It was so still apart from this rubber band noise. We started whispering to each other about what it could be, but really couldn't explain it. Sandy decided that we should go outside and see if we could see what it was, since it sounded so close. Stupid kids, I know, but we all agreed and we headed out into the backyard. Once there, the sound seemed to get louder for just a minute, then it started to fade away or even kind of moved towards the front of the house. The backyard joined to the driveway without any fence or gate, so without saying anything to each other, we all kind of just started following the sound down the driveway. 
I honestly don't know why. I think we were all just very curious. Once we were out the front of the house, the sound suddenly stopped. And it was suddenly eerily still for just a second. And then a baby started crying somewhere out past the front yard on the other side of the road, which was bushland. At least when we talked about it later, this is where we agreed that it sounded like it was coming from. Again, we followed, but when we got into the middle of the road, it started sounding like it was coming from sort of all around us. My little sisters wanted to go back inside at this point, but Sandy was worried that one of our neighbor's toddlers had got out onto the road somehow. I don't know why this made sense to us, but we started walking up and down the road a few hundred meters each way, looking for any baby or toddler in the drainage ditches on the other side of the road or the edge of the bush, but we just never seemed to get any closer or further away from the crying. After a few minutes, the crying just stopped, and again there was silence. We all stopped in our tracks and just looked at each other. I was holding my breath, but... After a couple of seconds, all the normal night sounds and the breeze just started again like nothing had happened. Suddenly though, we were all absolutely terrified and ran home as fast as we could, not stopping until we were back in bed and my sister Sandy had slammed the window closed too. After a little bit, we were able to kind of shake off what had just happened and go back to talking, but we never turned off the light or opened the window again that night. We also didn't get much sleep too. For the rest of our visit, we never opened that window at night, no matter how hot it was, which made our dad finally go buy a fan for the room, and we also brought in a lamp that we kept on all night just to make us feel a little bit better. My dad, stepmom, and brothers never woke up and never heard anything like what we did. None of the neighbor's kids had got out or were missing, so... They kind of dismissed what we had said happened apart from telling us off for leaving the house at night. I think they thought that we had just scared ourselves telling spooky stories or something. We never heard either noise again, mind you, and my dad moved the family to another house about six months later, so we eventually stopped talking about it. This happened when I was about 12 or 13. I'm 43 now, and... To this day, I still have no idea what the original sound was from, why we felt like we needed to follow it, or if the baby crying was even related to it. But when I think about it, I still get freaked out. I mean, I just can't help but think that something was trying to lure us out of the house, and if so, why didn't anything happen when we did go outside? If anyone has any ideas on... How to explain my experience or even just what the rubber band noise might have been and I would love to know and please do share. So a few strange things have occurred to me and my boyfriend since we moved into our current flat last July and I just feel like this would be the best place to share it and just get it off my chest. It might be a little bit long too, so I apologize in advance, but I was just looking for maybe some answers or some sort of advice. Now, before I describe these events, I'll say that I began experiencing sleep paralysis around four years ago and have had a range of unpleasant experiences with it in the past. However, these experiences have never been physical, only visual. 
that is, until moving into this new flat. I'll also say that my boyfriend has never had any past experiences regarding anything that he would consider paranormal, though the events that have occurred in the flat have left us both a bit confused and definitely a little bit spooked out too. Since my boyfriend and I moved into our flat, we've experienced minor things such as noises sounding like something has fallen onto the floor and begun to roll across it, only to find nothing that could have made the noise. Other times we have heard noises as if someone large or something large is being dragged across the wall in the hallway, but when we've opened our door to check what was making all that noise, there's nothing there and the motion sensor light is off too. If it's activated, it stays lit for around five minutes. One more common thing too we experience is the chain on the bedroom blinds rocks from side to side sometimes. This doesn't happen as a gentle swaying though. There have been a number of occasions where we have gone into the bedroom to investigate a loud clattering noise. We've heard it over the volume of our TV and music even. To find it swinging violently from left to right rather than forwards and backwards. We've tried to explain this away as just a draft, but this would continue to happen even when there was no possible airflow from the windows, vents, fans, or the radiator. And even if this were to be caused by any of these things, the chain would swing forwards and backwards, not left and right, and it definitely would not make such a, a noise to begin with. It sounds as if it's being lifted up and released, causing it to hit the wall and then begin to sway. Anyway... Upon initially moving in, I was having some trouble sleeping, or staying asleep I should say, to the point where I had to seek some medical advice. I was sleeping during the day as I work part-time night shift while I'm at university and finishing work at 7.30 in the morning, but have since just started going to bed earlier in the evening. When I was actually managing to sleep, I would have very graphic intense nightmares. Some were so bad that I would wake up and just burst into tears even. On a few occasions, I would have sleep paralysis too, but there was one time that this happened that ended up really shaking me up. Across from my bed, there's a wardrobe where both doors are fully mirrored. The right side wall, as you see it from the bed, also has a mirror above a small desk. During this particular sleep paralysis, I watched my boyfriend, who was not home but at work, walk past the wardrobe mirrors from left to right, but this appeared only as his reflection inside the mirror. He then wasn't visible for a moment as he seemed to have walked out of frame of the mirror until I saw the reflection walk past the other mirror on the right. After this, there was nothing for a few seconds, but I was still in paralysis until I felt something yank the bottom of my duvet covers away from me. A cliche, I know, but this had never happened to me before. It spooked me out of my sleep paralysis and I shot up and grabbed my covers towards me because they had actually moved. I still don't know how to explain this away as my sleep paralysis experiences have never been physical like this before so I don't really know what to make of it. But another similar instance happened one night that my boyfriend was driving home from work and got stuck in a bad traffic jam on the motorway, delaying him a good few hours due to the distance from the site that he had been working at. But because I was working early, I went to bed before he arrived home, and at some point in the evening I remember him getting home and me having a sleepy conversation with him right before he got into bed and I fell back asleep. 
I'm not sure how long after this, but I was woken up again, but I was woken up by my boyfriend who was standing at the side of the bed and had brought us some food. I was instantly confused, asking where he had got the food from and when he had left to go and get it, to be met with the same confusion, because apparently he had only just gotten home. I'm still so confused by this as this is not something that has ever happened to me and really creeped us both out and I just don't know what to make of it. But the final straw for me was one evening I was talking to my boyfriend as I was just walking around tidying up, only to turn to him at one point and see what I can only describe as a solid silhouette of a child crouched down directly behind him. At this point, I started straight up freaking out, running into the bedroom and refusing to leave for the rest of the night. The first day that I contacted my stepmom, who is very spiritual and has had all sorts of encounters and experiences with the unseen world, including running her own business where she does Reiki and tarot cards or something amongst other things. My dad and my stepmom came to visit the following weekend where she cleansed the flat and recommended that I buy a black tourmaline for protection, which I have. But since then, this kind of activity has decreased but not stopped entirely, resigning itself to just the random unexplained noises I guess, but... One thing that I noted when my stepmom came to cleanse the flat was that she had asked whose side of the bed it was that my boyfriend slept on, but didn't elaborate why she asked that and honestly I didn't ask why at that time but I'm going to as the events keep playing on in my mind and I feel like I have no answers to anything. I really don't know what to make of any of this to be honest. The only connections that I can make are all leading back to my boyfriend with the silhouette crouched behind him, the physical sleep paralysis, him getting home twice in the same night, and my stepmom asking about his side of the bed. This is the second place that we've lived together, and the occurrence has only started upon moving here. I did scour the depths of the internet and found that supposedly we live right by a ley line, but I found no solid evidence to support this, though it is apparently discussed in a book about the city that was published in 1987, which talks about legends, folklore, and mysteries. This particular book, however, seems pretty hard to come across with it either being unavailable or unaffordable. But in any case, does anyone have any suggestions or ideas that I could investigate into a little bit? Because as for now, I'm just completely clueless and any help would be really appreciated. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.